0: Hi, I'm Catherine, host of Pieces of Home. In each episode, we explore unconventional paths and uncover stories from guests who have built a life by design. Take the lessons that they've learned and apply them to our journey in crafting a life that's uniquely ours. Today, my guest is Jess, a fat loss nutritionist who's a pro at turning weight loss into a sustainable lifestyle. She's all about creating wellness habits that you can stick with no matter where you are or what you're doing. We'll be diving into how you can make your health a priority without emptying your wallet and focusing on small, consistent habits that make a difference over time. Oh my goodness, friends. During this conversation, she gives examples of things we struggle with when it comes to trying to lose weight or just to get fit and stay healthy. And every time she gives an example, I'm just laughing because I'm like, yep, I've been there. That's me. Yep. Jess also shares a bit about her upbringing, the difficult circumstances she grew up with, and the challenges we all go through growing up that shaped the person she is today, living in Dubai with her partner, Charlie, working remotely and helping others to thrive. So get comfy and let's dive in. Coffee versus matcha. This is where I wanna start. I woke up at 5.30 this morning I know you're an early riser as well. And I feel like we can all use an energy boost. But what I do is, this this is more like a confession. I wake up at 5.30. I know I should be drinking a lot of water when you wake up. But I tend to, you know, take a little sip. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I did that now and I can go to coffee. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I go straight for coffee. I'm drinking coffee right now. I love matcha, I don't have any at home. I know you love matcha. I do. (laughs) So as a nutritionist, which would you prescribe as a morning ritual beverage or as something to sip on for a boost of energy? Would you say matcha Mm -hmm. or coffee?
1: Well, I'm definitely a little biased because I enjoy the taste of matcha. Um, I think at the end of the day though, it comes down to personal preference. I personally would recommend when you wake up, have a glass of water, <laughs> like a full glass, not just a couple sips. Um, when you think about it, you've just gone you know, seven to eight hours without drinking anything. So of course we're gonna wake up dehydrated, right? So having a glass of water is really just gonna get things moving through you and kind of rehydrate you. So that's like step one. Step two, I think is maybe potentially putting some food in us first. When we look at food, I feel like just in general now, food is more for enjoyment. But in the grand scheme of things, um, food is nourishment and it's energy. And so if we're looking for, you know, long-lasting energy, especially in the morning, like when you've just gone from fasting for seven, eight hours, Less so getting energy from a boost of caffeine and more so getting energy from a well-balanced breakfast. Also, if you're a big anxiety person, if that's something that you struggle with, I think matcha definitely is the way to go for that. Or if you are going to have coffee, maybe having it with breakfast or after breakfast, so it's not just hitting an empty stomach. At the end of the day though, I think personal preference and whatever feels best for you. Like if you're drinking coffee and you've just got such bad anxiety all day, then really what value is that bringing? And what quality of work are you producing? Because most of us are drinking caffeine to be energized and to get work done, right? So take what you want.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's such a good way to gauge like your anxiety level.
1: For sure. And I think that's why people suggest matcha more so for people who suffer with anxiety, because matcha is more of like a cool, calm, and collected energy. It's not like this just quick boost to the system. It is more of a drawn out energy release. So it's not as noticeable. Some people like that because it's a little bit more relaxing, but also people are used to having that just like jolt from coffee so it's whatever you're looking for whatever feels good
0: what would you suggest to eat for breakfast to maintain energy because sometimes I feel like yeah if I eat too much I kind of want to go back to bed
1: Mm -hmm. of course Um, well I grew up having pop tarts for breakfast (laughs) (laughs) so yeah pop tarts or fruit loops or toast with honey and butter. Okay. So like all of this is sugar. (laughs) So no wonder I was like super energized and energetic and probably a little crazy when I was at school, right? That's not going to be long lasting energy. That's going to be a quick sugar boost. And then I'm going to crash probably by second period. And then I'm going to be hangry and no one wants to deal with hangry Jess, right? So If we're thinking about food as, yes, enjoyment, but also nourishment and energy, you really need to be having protein and fiber in there and healthy fats as well. Uh, But it's it's a lot easier just to say protein and fiber. So depends on what works for you, what feels good for you, what you enjoy. Fiber and protein could look like having a salad with steak (laughs) for breakfast. Some people do it. You know, if that's what works for you, cool. Or it could be, you know, making an omelet and getting a bunch of veggies in there. We're getting the protein from eggs, good amount of protein. I personally do a smoothie. I get like flax and chia in there. That's where I get some fiber from. I put protein powder in there. You could also do a chia bowl or like overnight oats mixed with some protein powder and getting some berries in there as well. So a good rule of thumb is... You know, 20 to 30 grams of protein and then getting some colorful fruits or veggies in there.
0: People always talk about protein in terms of like grams. I actually don't, I can't compute what that actually is. (laughs) Like what is like 20, 30 grams of protein? Is that like three eggs?
1: No. So a good rule of thumb is 20 grams of protein is a scoop of protein powder. One egg, full egg, like with the oak and with the egg whites. (laughs) that's around six grams of protein. So people think like, oh, I got my protein, I have one egg. Or, you know, back in the day, I used to have falafel in a salad thinking that was my protein source. That's not enough. It's going to be delicious because we love falafel, but it's not necessarily going to keep me full for a longer period of time. If you're thinking... 20 ish 30 ish grams of protein it's probably around the size of your palm think salmon think chicken stuff like that around this size is going to be a good place to start
0: so what is your favorite matcha so what's the best matcha you've ever had
1: (laughs) okay so i've tried it all i've tried it with oat milk i've tried it with regular like cow's milk, almond milk, all of it, this is this is it. Coconut milk, matcha, and maybe sometimes a little bit of honey, iced. I'm not really a like a hot girl with the drinks. So yeah, iced matcha with coconut milk, a little bit of honey, and it's just delish.
0: Mm. What kind of a uh, matcha do you use?
1: So I have this brand, honestly, that I just get from the grocery store and it's organic, it's ceremonial grade. I do enjoy it, but I am lazy. So I do like to go out and I do like to get from coffee shops nearby. That's like my treat of the day. I get my matcha, I sit on my laptop.
0: Mm, I'm on the same page (laughs) as you, for sure.
1: (laughs) It was so much more productive when you're at a coffee shop with a drink in your hand, eh?
0: (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit more about the work you do? For sure. So I am a stick nutritionist and I
1: specialize in fat loss. Uh, really random how I kind of niched down, but I did and I found my people and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, so I run a three month program that I called the 90 day reset. And this is for women primarily um, who are looking to lose weight by focusing on their daily habits, nutrition and lifestyle women who come to me are yes looking to lose weight let's say 10 20 pounds plus whatever but they're mainly looking for the the lifestyle reset as well because it's very easy to you know hop on a diet lose 10 pounds and you know be done with it but we are holistic beings it's not just food in versus calories in versus calories out i'm helping these ladies improve their energy levels, improve their sleep, reduce their stress levels, their PMS symptoms, their PCOS symptoms, because it's all connected. So yeah, helping people find a balance between hitting their goals, um, feeling confident in their bodies, but then also still living life because life is to be enjoyed.
0: Yeah, I think that is the tricky part. Exactly,
1: and something I say often to clients is, it's not about the destination. Because if you were to go on a crash diet and, you know, you lost 20 pounds, but you really had to suffer to lose those 20 pounds, once you get to the end goal, then what happens? You go back to your normal way of life, right? And that normal way of life is what put on the weight to begin with. So it's not necessarily about getting to the end goal, regardless of the journey. We're learning to enjoy the journey because if you don't enjoy it, if you're not making the little tweaks here and there to, you know, to your usual and your daily habit to get you closer to your end goal, then you're not going to stay there. And then it's just a waste of time. Right.
0: And I know a lot um, of your clients work with you remotely. And what's that experience like?
1: Oh, I absolutely love it. Um, I have some clients who are in Dubai. Actually, I run into them Cause they live in the area that I live in. So when I'm like going on my morning walk, I'll see someone. So that's always nice, but the majority are online, which is great because then I can help people everywhere. And also I'm not necessarily constrained by time. I am quite a chatty girl. So when I'm doing my check-ins, <laughs> if we're on a zoom call, we have a time limit, but I also do screen recording videos where I just talk whatever I feel like I need to be teaching in that moment I talk about and I try to limit myself a little bit but I like to cram as much info as I can so it allows me to just educate to the point that I want to rather than Mm -hmm. oh I just need to fit this in within half an hour Mm -hmm. I also think because I am quite shy um, I think doing the screen recording videos allows me to just be me Fully without worrying about, like, are they judging me? Do I sound silly? I'm just talking and nobody is on the other side. So I can just say whatever I want to say and just kind of get it all out. And I'd say nine out of 10 times I get a message from a client after being like, oh my God, I love your energy.
0: So I did a few solo casts before I'm talking to you and this other girl. Mm -hmm. And I find it super awkward. (laughs) It's the very thing that you just said, you're talking to yourself and there's no one on the other side. That's what actually makes it feel unnatural for me. But I think that will change and I'll get more comfortable with it. Was it comfortable for you from the start or did you, were you just like, this is good? Not at all. It was so stressful at the
1: beginning. And I was talking to colleagues before because I was working for another company doing um, a similar setup and they were like, it's fine. Just don't look at yourself. Just talk. Stop thinking. Don't watch the video back. Just do it and it'll eventually get easier. And now I'm probably pretty embarrassing. Like I don't care. (laughs) I'm like, oh, you didn't ask for this story, but let me tell you something.
0: Yeah, actually, my boyfriend and I, we've been trying to uh, implement something just for fun where we um, either video record ourselves as like a journal entry and we keep it in like a shared file. Oh, I love that. Or we can record each other and ask each other a question and then also just kind of keep that on file for us to look back on and just, um, I feel like it's good. It's a good experience and good um, practice to try to speak in front of the camera or being recorded. There's something about that that helps you to try to structure a sentence together more concisely and succinctly. And therefore, Mm -hmm. you're just being more clear with how to explain or define what you're feeling. Oh my gosh, this morning... Or my morning, I'm in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Um, but I, So every morning when I wake up, I don't know if you do this on purpose, but every morning when I wake up, yes, I do check my Instagram every morning when I wake up. <laughs> but every morning when I wake up, I do see. <laughs> Thanks. So yes, I've been tuning in to your Instagram. And there, there's a few things that I noticed that you posted um, recently that I wanted to ask you about. There's one where you talk about the three pillars that you deem to be the most effective way to make long-lasting changes. Um, They consist of daily habits for one, nutrition, and then lastly, lifestyle. Can you elaborate a little bit more on each of those pillars?
1: For sure. Daily habits. I read the book Atomic Habits during lockdown. And if anyone listening to this has not read it, you need to do yourself a favor and listen to it or read it right now. It was a great book and it really helped me pull myself out of that like lockdown depression. So I truly believe, and this book highlights, that we are the sum of our daily habits. So if you wanna make changes to your life, you need to change your daily habits. Now I truly believe that you're not just gonna wake up tomorrow and be a brand new human being. Unless you have like a near-death experience or something, people aren't making drastic changes and having them stick. So my whole angle with focusing on daily habits is taking your current habits and just making tiny little tweaks here and there to make them just a little bit healthier. So if you're usually walking only like 2,000 steps a day, let's get you to 2,500 let's get you to 3,000 steps a day. That's a perfect place to start. If you're only drinking one water bottle a day, let's do one and a half.
0: Oh, that's reasonable. Water is my thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's so easy to set unrealistic goals for ourselves. I'm going to meditate for 25 minutes every day, or, you know, I'm going to meal prep every Sunday for six hours. I'm not. I'm not doing either of that.
0: I've said those things to myself so many times. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then you feel crappy about yourself when you're not able to follow through with them. So when we make the changes so small, you don't even notice that you're making changes. And then over time, you slowly increase to, let's say, 4,000 steps, 5,000 steps. Or, you know, if you're getting up at 8, you want to work your way up to getting up at 6 in the morning. We go to 7.45 for a bit. Then we go to 7.30 for a bit. So you're taking these daily habits. You're making these tweaks so that six months from now, you look back and you are a different person. You're living a healthier, more aligned life, but you didn't actually notice it in the moment. And so your body's just used to it. So that's why I focus on daily habits. Um, I think that is the way to make changes in your life is starting small. Of course, nutrition, super important, Um, especially because I focus on fat loss and weight management. You can't out-train a bad diet. You know the saying, abs are made in the kitchen. You really do need to eat in a deficit if you wanna see fat loss. And so focusing on nutrition, and once again in that same mindset of making these tiny little tweaks is really gonna help people see progress. And not just, I wanna lose five pounds, but I want to feel healthier. I want to have more energy. I want to be sleeping through the night. I want to reduce my anxiety and my stress. So you can lose weight by eating McDonald's every day as long as you're in a deficit, in theory. But also, there's the micronutrient side of things. You know, are we feeding our body vitamins and minerals? And, you know, paying attention to our overall health and wellness, we're going to be doing that through nutrition. So once again, we're not making drastic changes. We're not waking up tomorrow being fully raw vegan. That's not realistic. But can we include one fruit or one more vegetable in every meal or snack? I said something, and you might have saw this. I posted it, I think, this morning. It's an old post of mine called the add versus subtract. So rather than trying to subtract all of the quote-unquote bad things in your diet, let's add something to it instead. So if you really like cookies, cool. Eat the cookie, you know, live your life. Life is for living. But rather than trying to subtract them, let's add something to it to make it more nutritious and more long-lasting. So we're trying to draw out that feeling of fullness so that you're not going to eat 27 cookies and going for the second box. So yeah, maybe you add some fruit to the side of it, some berries, or maybe you do some Greek yogurt and you have, you know, the cookie broken up on top of it. Like there's so many ways to bulk it up a little bit and make it more nourishing for yourself. So those are the tiny little hacks that I talk about with my clients. So we can stick to our deficit, um, but then also just improve our overall quality of life. And then lastly is lifestyle. I think so many things play a role when it comes to fat loss, but also just your overall health. It's not, you know, fat loss in a vacuum. We're impacted by our sleep. We're impacted by our stress levels. We're impacted by the people around us. You know, the quality of our relationships. Are you working at a job you hate? Are you in a relationship that's not fulfilling? Are you scrolling on TikTok for... 4 hours before bed, staying up till 2 in the morning. So just once kind of coming back to the small tweaks is trying to, you know, get to bed a little bit earlier, trying to reduce our stress levels a little bit, maybe bringing in an activity that will help us reduce our stress levels like meditating or like yoga or finding your favorite sport team or and joining a league or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So Those are the three ways that I like to approach fat loss, but also just the overall journey to
0: feeling better and more balanced with my clients. Yeah, you mentioned stress a couple of times, and I do wanna touch on that a bit because I feel like all of us feel it from time to time, hopefully not consistently, but that happens as well. So for me, Um, When I feel stress, I tend to gain weight. What's something that maybe you can share that we can apply to our life on a day-to-day basis to alleviate stress?
1: For sure. I mean, there's a lot of free things that we can do when your body is in a stress state. I'm not going to go into too much detail. But when your body is in a stress state, let's say your body is super stressed and it's feeling as if there's a bear in front of it. Am I fighting or am I getting out of here? What's actually happening in your body is it's thinking, okay, anything that is not essential for this current moment in time, either fighting this threat or leaving, is going to get put on pause. And that is our digestion. And so when we are living in a highly stressed state and chronically because we hate our job or because society is crumbling um, or, you know, there's just so many things that bring stress into our life and physical stressor as well. Maybe you're uh, you know, a laborer, like maybe you work and you're building houses or maybe you're doing hit workouts every day and you're not recovering enough. It's really going to take its toll on your body and especially your digestion. So one thing that I really think is beneficial and so easy to do is being present when you eat. So not working and eating at the same time or driving or yapping away uh, or watching TV. Like you can sit with your partner or your family, but you know, trying to be a little bit more present with the food in front of us, chewing our food properly. I think a lot of us, myself included, we're just taking two, two, three bites and then we're swallowing being a little bit more present with our meal, chewing properly, and just kind of taking the time even to just take a few deep breaths before you eat a meal. If you're racing around at work, and then you're sitting down and you're racing to eat, that's not necessarily going to help our digestion, right? And we could be eating all the clean food in the world, and you're eating your fruits, you're eating your veggies, but you are what you eat. But if you're not digesting that food, And then if you're not absorbing those nutrients, what's the point?
0: Yeah, I love that. Taking a mindful moment while you eat. Yeah. You were really taking me back on memory lane. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when you said eating while you're driving. Wow, I did that a lot in the past.
1: We've all been there. (laughs) And I think like once in a while, it's not the end of the world. Like do what you need to do. This isn't like, you know, written in stone. But if you do have the time in the mental space, just try and take a couple deep breaths, you know? Just do these tiny little things. It might help. It might not, but it's it's worth a shot.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, there's something else that I saw on your social media, on your Instagram. Um, It's actually about menstrual cycle. I was curious to know what does that have to do with losing or maintaining a healthy weight? So
1: I live with my boyfriend and during lockdown, you know, he was getting up, he was exercising every day. He was very consistent, there was no fluctuations, there was nothing. And I really struggled, that was my first time living with a boy. So I really struggled watching this, because there'd be times of the month where I wouldn't be able to get out of bed and do it, you know, a workout at 6am. And I used to really beat myself up over it. I really like wasn't in a good place. I was like, Oh, I'm not as committed. You know, he's better than me. I'm destined to be this weight and whatever. And the more that I learned about your cycle, the more, um, the more grace I gave myself. So women operate on a monthly cycle. Men operate on a 24 hour cycle. So that's why your partner is able to get up at the same time, do the exact same thing, and he's just chill every day. Whereas for us, You know, depending on the hormonal fluctuations, wherever you are in your cycle, you're going to have different energy levels. And I think, in regards to fat loss, especially when we're looking at the scale weight, because that's probably the most common way for people to track their fat loss journey, right? Do I think it's the most accurate thing? Not necessarily. That's why you want to take multiple different measurements. So photos and measurements and even putting on a pair of jeans and seeing how those jeans fit you throughout your journey. But the scale weight's going to fluctuate every single day. But especially when we're talking about leading up to your period or during your periods versus after your period, we're going to be holding on to more water weight, generally speaking. And so if you're only weighing yourself once in a blue moon and you step on the scale the day before your period starts, and you're like, oh, I put on a couple pounds, and then you beat yourself up. It's it's really just not good for our mental health, especially if we don't have the knowledge and aren't aware of the fact that you're going to be holding on to more water weight then. And also, we know, generally speaking, leading up to your period, we tend to have more cravings. We're naturally hungrier. And so that is definitely going to play a role as well as you know, are we giving into these cravings? Are we actually nourishing ourselves? Are we eating protein and fiber in all of our meals? And yes, we're having that ice cream if we want it, or we're having that, those cookies or whatever, but are we over consuming on them? Because we're not necessarily dialed in with our nutrition.
0: I understand you've been working within the wellness space for roughly nine years now. Falling in love with nutrition, meditation, yoga, and just all things wellness related. Have you been interested in health and wellness since you were young? I know you used to be in a cheerleading team or squad. (laughs) I mean, I don't know the right term, but I know it's It's actually team (laughs) or squad. It was actually on a competitive level, right? And so how does that play, you think, into your journey of becoming a nutritionist? if it did?
1: That's an interesting question. So I was a competitive cheerleader for five years in high school. I took a year off after high school, and I still competed that year. And then I did four years when I was at university. Now, I definitely wasn't the healthiest teenager. I didn't necessarily grow up in the healthiest household in terms of nutrition. But One thing that I learned by being on a team is that I really enjoy cheering people on and not like we were cheering for the soccer team or the football team, but just encouraging people within my team, as well as the fact that I have a real, really good eye for details and problem solving. So when I translate that to the nutrition space, I think... Being an athlete and being interested in yoga and and all these, you know, fun sports um, definitely is going to lead you to wanting to live a healthier life, but also in regards to my actual coaching, I really do think I hit the jackpot in terms of finding what I'm good at and helping people with it.
0: Right. What about your personal journey in health and wellness in terms of when you were on the cheerleading team? Did it teach you what to do and what not to do? I think anytime you're playing any sort of sport,
1: nutrition does play at least a little bit of a role. But I think my journey of becoming an adult and living away from home, I kind of realized that certain foods are gonna make you feel good. They're also going to help you have clear skin. And You're gonna feel better, you're gonna feel more energized when you're eating certain foods versus others. So I think it kind of did teach me, although I do have a sweet tooth in general, I'm not gonna deny that, we have to be honest. This is why we eat the nutrients to have some balance, gotta balance it out.
0: What was growing up as little Jess like? How how did that environment you think shape the person you are today?
1: Growing up, um, I'd say, I was very all over the place. Not necessarily me, but my life, my life. Um, I had quite a turbulent upbringing. There was a lot of loss in my family. And that was actually a big reason why I got into the wellness space to begin with. I was like, you can't control much in life, but you can definitely control your nutrition. And so if there's any link between your health and the foods you're putting into your body, I need to take this seriously. So that's kind of a side note that really impacted me. Um, I was bullied a lot growing up. I moved a lot. I had problems at home. There was just so much so much going on. Um, so I think I definitely struggled, but it made me who I am today. That sounds so basic, but people say it for a reason. I'm definitely resilient. Like that's something that I learned and that's something that I'm really grateful for is I know that I can get through anything
0: and I'm empathetic. Would you mind actually sharing what those losses were or what were some of these things that happened to you as a child?
1: For sure. I'm not going to get into too much detail, but there was just a lot of death in my immediate family. So that is traumatic to go through as a child Um, and just in general, being a teenager is tough enough, right? Being the new kid at school is tough enough. Um, Trying to find who you are and who your friends are is tough enough. So to have all that going on, as well as stuff at home. And, you know, back then, therapy wasn't that popular. And there's no such thing as gentle parenting. So I think it just made me a lot tougher, made me independent. And I'm here and I'm me. And luckily I found things that make me happy despite all that I've been through.
0: Right. Yeah. Here you are living in Dubai. <laughs> exactly. How do you like living in Dubai?
1: I absolutely love it.
0: How does I love it, uh, it? compare to ex- like uh a... You're from Toronto, right, originally? Yes. And you lived in Bali. I know you lived in Tulum. That's where we met. How, how does Tulum, Dubai yeah. compare?
1: I've also spent time in London as well. And it is like Dubai is the best. The weather is beautiful. Of course, in the summer, it's really, really hot. But right now, 35 degrees. I live a 15-minute walk from the beach. It's like 80% expats. So everybody is super chatty. Everybody is interested in making friends and welcoming people in. And that's something I struggled with when I lived in London. You know, it was hard to kind of make friends and, like, get yourself into a group of friends. Whereas here, everybody is very welcoming and ready to go out of their way um, to make you feel welcome. So, yeah, I'm really happy here and I can see myself being here for a while.
0: Do you think it's the expat factor... That's why people are more open versus like London. Yeah.
1: So I think London, Toronto, all these places, people have their circles. They have their families. They have all their memories, right? So they're just living their life. Whereas here, everybody's been brave enough to get up and leave their hometown to move to the Middle East. And to do that, you do need to be willing to put yourself out there and be in uncomfortable positions, and looking for friends, because you don't have family here.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a difference too between expats and digital nomads. Expats are more invested in the location, more invested in the community. That could also be me as well. I myself also just feel like I'm less committed, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm less involved, and I think I'm definitely... Yearning for some of that connection with the community?
1: Of course. I think, at least here, even when we're talking about leases, like for an apartment, you're not really signing a six month lease unless you're getting an Airbnb and then it's really expensive. So people don't necessarily move to Dubai just for like three months. They might do a couple years, but if you know you're going to stay somewhere for two, three years, then you are willing to be. You know, social and a little bit invested, but if you're, you know, in Tulum or Playa, then who knows how long you're going to stay. You're coming, you're going. Maybe you want to check out another part of the the country. Yeah,
0: I think I'm definitely more similar to you. I noticed that you love like fitness facilities. Whether it's, I don't know actually if you do spin, but I know what do you mm-hmm. do. I I love. I don't love spin but i like the experience of it i love a good yoga studio i just love like fitness facilities what are some of the things that you do or classes that you take
1: i'm a big fan of berries which is a hit workout yoga as well and just getting outside and walking and enjoying you know nice weather it's really good for if we're thinking about nutrition and fat loss it's an amazing way to burn more calories but also getting sunlight on your face. First thing in the morning is really good for your sleep cycle. Um, It's a good way for me to help with stress levels. Sometimes I bring my boyfriend, but most times I go by myself. So I just listen to a podcast and it's a really great way to just kind of be. I think it's such an easy way to get movement in and getting a win right when you first wake up really sets the rest of your day. It sets the momentum for you to keep doing other things. So I find it, yeah, motivating.
0: I was just gonna say, that is something you can do and be consistent with. I remember you doing your morning walks in Tulum every day. I, I see you sometimes- In the darkness. I, in the darkness, <laughs> you're going for your walk. I'm fiending for coffee. I'm just out like, yeah. where's coffee, where's coffee? And- mm-hmm. And then now I see you doing these walks in Dubai. So it's literally something that you can take wherever you go.
1: Exactly. And it's free. You know, I think a lot of the times we think we need to spend a lot of money and you need to buy this expensive membership at a gym or buy these supplements and spend all this money to lose weight. But there's so many things that you can do for free as kind of like your gateway into paying attention to your health on a more um, grander scale. Yeah,
0: so I wanna talk a little bit about the future now that we kind of talked a little bit about your past and where you're at now. Do you have, just as a general question, do you have any thoughts, feelings, or plans about your path ahead?
1: That is a good question. I think for, at least for the foreseeable future, in regards to what I'm doing with work, I've kind of got it figured out. Like I really do enjoy a three month program, working one-to-one with clients and actually being able to see progress and make a difference. But I also have this project that's in the works and I will be doing a 30 day challenge for the beginning of the new year. So it's kind of a condensed version of my 90-day program. So it's going to be January 1st, kickstarting your fat loss journey slash wellness journey for the new year.
0: Mm, I'm going to stay tuned to that. And I actually, now that you're talking about it, I love the three months thing.
1: And it's easier to break it down, right? Like kind of what I was talking about before. If you make these grand goals, how do you get from point A to point B? I don't know, but if you break it down, if you make them super small and achievable, then you keep the momentum going, and you're able to get to that goal a lot faster.
0: Guys, about I think a couple of years ago, uh, in Tulum, over New Year's, I had gotten into a scooter accident, and I was stuck at home. And Jess came over to my little apartment, or studio apartment, and we did a vision board. Did any of that those things? That was so fun. That was amazing. Thanks for coming over and keeping me company. Oh, my gosh. And I actually did another vision board last year. Mm. So
1: that would have been 2022. Two. And then I did another one with Charlie this like this past January.
0: Oh, my gosh it's good It's you d- I remember you came over I feel like I had maybe 20 things cut out I feel like you had maybe like a hundred I had so many because the pictures were so
1: small and the cardboard was so big but you managed <laughs> you managed to fit all of them yeah you know I've done this for a few years now and I make like a a screensaver on canva of a of a vision board as well. And a lot of this stuff does come true.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: So it's fun, arts and crafts, and it's a good way to look forward to things and you know, ask yourself how you can get closer to those goals.
0: I'll always think of you every New Year's. Oh, I'll think of you too. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up, I, I do like to leave our listeners with journaling prompts. It doesn't have to be prompts. I know you have a habit of journaling every day, Can you share something that maybe you've written down recently, um, something that maybe we can journal about tomorrow, starting today or tomorrow? So I actually wrote this on an Insta story this morning. But the
1: question is, what can I do today to make myself proud? Or it could be, what could I do this weekend? Or you might be reflecting on the past. What have I done this past week that I'm proud of? But I think we place a lot of focus on achieving certain things. And if we aren't able to hit those goals, we berate ourselves and, you know, just really bully ourselves. So this question kind of allows you to find the silver lining. Hey, I might've struggled hitting X, Y, Z, but I'm really proud that I didn't give up.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so flattered.